0: I'm just making sure I got no phlegm here, because I hate being halfway through it and going, oh, I love the (laughs) phlegm. Phlegm. Yeah. It happens.
1: Mm. Life's like a box of phlegm. (laughs) Sometimes,
0: like, I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes chewy, sometimes not.
1: Oh, man, when you get the kind that come, like, right out of the back of the sinuses where it feels like somebody took normal th- phlegm and just, like, braided it. Mm-hmm. It's just that thick and viscous like, oh, that's
0: or you, part of my face. Or you do one of these, <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, a foot long just just <laughs> invades you. It's not good at all. Just, oh, yeah. Halfway down into the lungs. And, just and you can still feel pulling <laughs> on the nose. It's
1: great. So you ever try and, like, snort a... Uh, a spaghetti noodle yes. and you can pull it out of your throat that you, feeling and you're just like <coughs> it's <crazy>. great <laughs> it's the worst thing ever all right <laughs> hey everybody welcome to horror vomit where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to my name is chris
0: faff and i am one of your hosts and i am james marino i am the other one of your hosts and today i should have lit that cigarette <laughs> long ago while we were doing not the thing that's
1: all right all right uh This week, we are talking about The Ritual. Ritual. I believe 2017, Mm -hmm. I didn't look at it. God damn it, I forgot to write that down too. We'll say 2017's Ritual. Uh, Based on a novel by Adam Neville. Written for the screen by Joe Barton and directed by David Bruckner.
0: David Bruckner. Fucking love David Bruckner. (laughs) I'm a big fan. (laughs) I'm developing an appreciation for the Bruckner. Man... Have you seen The Night
1: House? Not yet. I just bought it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can watch that sometime. Dude, that Sweet. movie fucking rules. Bruckner's one of my favorites working today. He's really good. And well, apparently he's doing the new Hellraiser. Really? Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I was mad about it when I was like, oh man, they're not, why are they redoing Hellraiser? Oh, Bruckner's doing it? It should be fine. Okay. It'll yeah. be good. It'll be... All right. Um, Starring Rafe Spall as Luke. Arsher Ali as Phil, Robert James Collier as Hutch, and Sam Troughton as
0: Dom. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, James. Yes. Well, just at this point, real quick, just for because I'm a huge geek, uh, Sam Troughton is uh, grandfather's Patrick Troughton, which is one of the original Doctor Who's. I think it was the second one. Oh, dope. Yeah. And then uh, Rafe Spall is an amazing actor. Yeah. Rafe Spall's really good. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, uh, Robert James Collier is also from uh, Downton Abbey, too. Really? I guess he's a main character in that. I don't know. I've never seen it. I was going to say all the episodes we've seen. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just <laughs> looked at what
0: he did. He could have played the Abbey for a I looked at know. what he had did was the sentence that I just said. <laughs> I planned And to you in... didn't say a word, and I've I'm kind of in... mad about it. I've been in Michigan way too long. That just sounds like normal speech now. All right. James. Yes. What did you think of the ritual? Wow. For the first half hour, like the initial scene got me, and then there was like twenty or thirty minutes where I was fighting to kind of stay awake, and then this movie started slapping. Oh my god!
1: This movie fucking rules. It <laughs> rules
0: the fucking
1: most. Uh, I believe we have both brought some talking points.
0: So, In, uh, where would you like to start? Well, want to do the uh, want to do the elevator, the synopsis? Oh yeah, go for it. Okay. I like how you asked me, hey, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah, you do it. I got it. <laughs> the
1: <synopsis. Okay. laughs>
0: curve Curveball that shit right back into. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, see, a group of friends get together, talk about what they're going to do. They do a, like a yearly trip, and they're talking about what they're going to do next year. And uh, at the end of all this, they decide, uh, one of them wants to go get liquor at a liquor store. Luke, our main character. Yep. So he says, who wants to come with? The one other guy comes with, and uh, a mugging happens, and oh, this scene woke me the fuck up. Man, this is the longest elevator pitch I've ever heard. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to get into real synops. I forgot we were doing it elevator eek. <laughs> no, anyway. No, go ahead. That's all right. That's all right. Anyway. We <laughs> I'm going to keep interrupting
1: for no good reason. Well, that's repeatedly. right. Repeatedly.
0: Because, because I, can't, I can't pay attention anyway, so this is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> anyway, the scene that woke radio. me up was there was a there was like a a robbery scene and the one guy wouldn't give up his uh, wouldn't give up his ring and Rafe's hiding in the corner not doing anything so the guy takes a hatchet to the face just boom I don't know I thought it was a hat I thought it was like a machete pipe ah oh, okay takes a, a pipe to the head more than once uh huh yeah oh, anyway <laughs> cut to that then I go cut to six months later, and they're going to go on the trip that the guy who died suggested that they all made fun of. Let's go for a walk in Switzerland in the mountains. So. Wow. A lot of that was wrong. <laughs> that, good try. Hey, you asked me to do it, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you asked for. All right. So,
1: yeah. Uh, they... They go for a hike between Norway and Sweden, which is a big plot point in the film. Nothing to do with Switzerland. It's all the same place to me. And
0: uh, spooky shit. All kinds of spooky shit. Spookies. I will tell you. They do the spookies. (laughs) (laughs) I was scared. All right, so uh, what do you want to talk about first? Oh, let's just talk about the overall mood of this piece. I mean, it hangs in every scene.
1: Uh, I was thinking about it because... Uh, when we talked about End of Days, we talked about how it was shot really, really dark. Yeah, this movie is shot very, very dark as well. But I like that they set it up because they are literally in a under a canopy of trees. <laughs>
0: but, there is going to be enough light, but it's still dark even during the day. Right, but the way the way that they lit the scenes, you could actually make out what was going on even in the dark, and you could see the differences in shadows. And End of Days. It was the just
1: whole fucking thing is just dark.
0: I, it was like I'd put on sunglasses to go see a movie. This one, the dark. They use dark as an actual character almost. All right, so you, oh, cool. You want to start with some filmmaking aspects that we appreciate? Oh, fuck yeah! So I got a couple.
1: Ooh. Um. After the murder, I, I brought this up to you in several of the shots while they're walking around before anyone else in the four party dies. Uh, there are very seldomly shots where all of them are in one group. There is always one separated from another. Right. Showing Just visually showing the dynamic that something is off with this group after their friend had died. Mm-hmm. And-, and I just thought that that was just a, such a small detail that I don't know why I noticed it. I don't know if that's an actual thing. It might not be. It could have just been, I noticed something stupid. But yeah, there's always one or more people and they're always sectioned off either someone's alone or
0: they're in groups of two. Right. I think there was only one shot, an establishing shot earlier where they were all together. I think it was when they are in the pub or something. No, no, they were separated even in the bar.
1: No, I'm talking about after the dude gets his head bashed in. When, while they're hiking, someone's either always
0: lagging behind oh, or that's two right. of them are grouped up together. But now that I think about it, I'm trying to remember. There was only one scene where I saw all of them together in one shot. I also really,
1: really, as far as we're talking about shots, I appreciated that there are... Really, really beautiful, uh, uh, like just static shots of the forest mm-hmm. and establishing shots. But also, they don't get too arty. Like uh, during Hutch's death, you can tell very much tell it's handheld and it's almost shot like a uh, like a found footage film. Yeah, the camera is very shaky and it, it adds to the tension of the scenes. Right, and then it cuts again right to a static shot mm-hmm. of them sitting.
0: Well, that again after Hutch's death. That speaks to the director's able to set mood at any given time. Yes. It's, not just, it's not just what we're looking at. It's the sound. It's what happened before. It, 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 he really pulls it all together beautifully every single time. One
1: of the other things as far as the filmmaking, uh, we didn't really mention, but there's a monster <coughs> in this movie, and I thought the monster looked fucking great. <laughs> okay,
0: let's put it this way. My initial reaction to the monster when I saw the whole thing Was I laughed. I honestly, it looked like a moose from a Molly Hatchet cover. It was was just like a Frazetta painting. I'm just like, oh, a zombie moose. But then when it started moving and it had that real weird movement, and you could see the face inside that little hood with, yeah, like his face was in the mouth, their eyes in the mouth, and their hands coming out the side.
1: Once we start getting more intimate shots of it that are closer up and where we can see it in full view, it looks pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a giant horse. Moose monster. With I think fucking, it was an elk, actually. With
0: fucking human arms for tusks yeah, it was, <laughs> and a crazy monster <clears throat> face. Yeah, it was bad. And it's a god. <laughs> yes. Well, technically it was a giant, but we won't get into that.
1: Uh, one of the other things that, and, I mean, obviously the backdrop of a forest helps with this a lot. But I think they alternated between enough of the different forest landscapes mm-hmm. that it was very disorienting. Yes. We could never tell where they are. And again, I understand it was a forest that's
0: inherent in the story. But oh, I thought- damn! I was gonna I was gonna use your argument against you from a couple of weeks ago. No, I was kidding. But uh. Well, we had that discussion. I was like, you can tell where you are. And you're like, well, they're in a fucking forest, buddy. There's not a lot they can do. No, I know. But, but I'm no. saying,
1: that they, but they use the different landscapes. Like when uh, Luke climbs up on top mm-hmm. of that hill, it is a different forest landscape. There's different oh, yeah. uh, and then, foliage.
0: Right. And then they have different types of clearings. But the really cool thing about this movie, you ever notice that absolutely everything is set at a pitch? There's never a time when the ground is level, any place that they're walking, except when they're inside the buildings. Mm-hmm. Which which added to my unease because yes. it was like a, you know how like the Batman they did that Dutch tilt where everything was when they were doing the fights it felt like that the whole movie I was just a little bit off
1: yeah yeah so yeah the fucking
0: directing in this movie is oh, it's great yeah and the writing is good too because the and the way they talk to each other it sounds like the way people would talk to each other. It doesn't sound stilted, which you can get in these yeah, movies it, sometimes. Yeah, it
1: sounds like old friends. Yeah. They're trying to be. They know each other's quirks, and they know how to get e- under each other's skin. And that's what I really kind of want to talk about, how I think they did a very good job of subverting the narrative, uh, just a traditional narrative. Oh, yeah. Because uh, as we get to know our characters, uh, Luke, our main character, is he's kind of the schlubby dude of the group he's the one who wanted to go get liquor when everybody else was done for the night because they're adults Mm -hmm. he's the one in the liquor store who says to their friend who was murdered you know oh i can't believe what this guy's turned into and his friend says to him he's like yeah a successful businessman with a beautiful wife and children you know like oh what a dick
0: oh my god sold
1: out whoa so uh phil we don't really learn a whole lot about phil Right. Uh but we can kind of infer just because of how movies are made that oh we don't get to know a lot about him and he's a person of color like mm-hmm. yeah he's probably not going to make it. Yep. Uh Hutch Hutch is a sort of like our alpha male character. Yeah. He's the confident good-looking guy who, you know, he wants to still go out and party but he has his shit together and he's very responsible yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then Dom is our kind of weaselly, whiny...
0: Wait, which one was the one with the glasses? That was Dom, right? The one who hurt his knee? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of the
1: weaselly, whiny, you know...
0: I don't want to go. We're outside. You know, kind of like me if I was stuck fucking camping. I would be bitching the entire fucking time.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we don't really get to know a whole lot about Phil... Uh, Dom falls and hurts his knee. Mm-hmm. So immediately you can infer, if you've watched movies, that all right, these two are going to be the first two to die. Right. And logically, in a narrative, Hutch, our confident guy, would either sacrifice himself at the end, mm-hmm. because obviously our main character is Luke, or he would use his wit and charm and they would both escape somehow, yada, yada, yada. Right. Here they
0: kill Hutch immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that that actually fits Which, with my redemptic, redemptive arc theory for Luke, so we'll get to that. Yeah, and
1: what we're left with is kind of everybody who should just kind of be cannon fodder, for lack of a better term, right. for this monster. Mm-hmm. So it does give Luke that redemption arc that he has to nut up and lead his friends to safety, I guess.
0: And you know, wait, do you ever notice that if you take a look at their dysfunction, like there's dysfunction as people, the more disf- the more dysfunctional they are, the longer they lasted. Yes. Luke being the most dysfunctional one with the most pain, the most everything. Mm-hmm. And the other ones last a little bit longer. It was almost like, okay, well, this one was the most together. They're going first. Mm-hmm. And just chipping away at the people that were, you know, that were together emotionally, not yeah, maybe physically. Maybe the
1: strongest will breaking away at the most willed of the...
0: Yeah, Because mm-hmm. will is very important near the end of this. Yes. So...
1: <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. So, if you you said you wanted to talk about the redemption art.
0: Right. I don't see one here. Okay. Well, you got to know a little bit about, like, the, uh, the, th- the idea of Valhalla, the endless battle. You know, um, back in the days... Like if they were fighting, if you if you went down without a weapon, without fighting, you wouldn't find your place in Valhalla and drink with the gods and live with the gods. So the worst thing you could possibly do was to show fear or cowardice in battle. What's the first thing that Luke does? There is a scene that he shows cowardice in battle. And he's constantly backing up, backing up. Mm-hmm. He's got his inner demons. He's never faced them. He's never talked to them. And now as he goes through the movie, he becomes more like... Showing his will as opposed to the will, like, I'm going to go drink with the fellas or whatever. He is in, he's infusing his will more and more, which becomes very, very important near the end. The redemptive arc is not that he saved everybody, because obviously he didn't. The no. re- redemptive arc is that he showed bravery in battle. He showed bravery in the heart of that, so that that earned him his place. So that's why... Because the because even even this the symbolism of the axe is huge. We, we, but we'll get to that. We, I'm not no, gonna go. No, explain it because
1: I we're on a roll, so okay. just explain what happens.
0: Okay, we've got to take a look at um the idea of the actual bad guy is uh which is uh the giants in North mythology. Um it's um you know they say the bastard son of Loki. Well Loki was also the progeny of the guy, or progeny of giants. So giants were not specifically the gods of Asgard, but they were like the nemesis of. Yes. So all of that stuff and really enters into it. So he fought, and he burnt down, and he fought. And the axe were typically used by dwarves right. against, against giants in the mythology. Say, so, would you
1: like to explain what happens in the film, though?
0: Right. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, he, he cracks it with... You wouldn't think the axe would even stop it at all. Cracks it with the axe.
1: Nobody knows what you're talking about. He, he oh.
0: cuts the monster with an axe. Yes, I am sorry. <laughs> is what I was saying. I didn't know what you were asking <laughs> me to explain. i like, explain you fucking the events me? of the film that you are waxing poetically about. Ah, uh, yes. Well, axe is a traditional giant killing weapon. Yes. So he hits the monster with the axe. You, didn't, you wouldn't think it would have done anything because he shot it already with a big-ass gun. Yes. It stops it long enough for him to run through the clearing and out to the edge of the forest, where he screams. Like the the giant screams at him, and he screams back at the beast. Yes. So he's not only um, expelling his inner demons, but he's fighting the actual demon that now he's past that can't touch him, and he fought it. So he earned his place in in the pantheon of you know brave people. Right. And that was his redemptive arc. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Because I looked at it as, this is a, I think it's a very
1: bleak ending, because it, it starts with him seeing his friend die, mm-hmm. and then every single time one of his friends dies, he is near and can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. He is pretty much right there when Hutch is killed, but he couldn't do anything about right. it. He essentially watches...
0: Uh, uh, Phil get dragged away mm-hmm. and can't do anything about right. it. Right. And then when they pull Dom up to get him prepped up for the uh, yes execution, he couldn't do anything because his hands were literally tied. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think. But that's where you start to see him fighting the bindings. He's yes. fighting them and he's trying to get it. He's trying to save his friend. He's doing things. Yeah. So that's where, again, that's the beginning no, of I that. I understand, yeah.
1: but looking at it, it through like a literal interpretation, he's watched all of his friends die. And the one time that he could have helped, he didn't. And now there's nothing he could have done for the rest of these, but he still saw it. And then, and I think the sequencing to show how many days pass that they're in this forest is very important. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, he has no gear. He has a bunch of holes that are going to get infected in his chest, mm-hmm. and he runs out the same way that he came into this forest, which is days away from anything. No food, no water, no gear. He's mm-hmm. going to die. Mm-hmm. He escaped, possibly living forever in this cult, to go die in the woods. Well, the only It thing reminds is- me a lot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the whole who will survive and what will be left of them,
0: because mm-hmm. he's fucked. Yes, but also remember they set it up earlier that they said, that, you know, if we're gone for more than five days, they're going to send somebody out for us. So maybe he might have a slight chance.
1: Right, but they also found that other, like, campsite.
0: Oh, and the other thing, too, <laughs> is let, let's take a look at this. At the end of the movie, right, he's got other people's blood on him. He's got an axe that he used to wag this monster. Uh-huh. He went out there with a bunch of people. He came back alone. So even if he survived, how the fuck is he going to explain what happened to all five of his friends? Unless he goes, hey, why don't you guys go in there and check it out? Because uh, I'm not gonna do it. No. <laughs> or was he crazy and really, really whacked all those people? Uh, no. No, I, but- I don't believe so. But uh, it was a fun thought th- experiment. That's what I'm
1: saying. I think the and it's kind of a theme throughout some of Bruckner's shit is like, man, that is a really bleak ending. Like, if you're not paying attention, yeah, there's this moment of it seems like hope that yeah he's escaped this monster,
0: mm-hmm. but he's fucked (laughs) yeah because my narrative in my head is that he got picked up and yeah wrote a book i don't know some fucking thing Eh, no but he (laughs) is lost in the nordic wilderness (laughs) yep they filmed that in romania too and that is oh i bet romania is cheap as fuck to film it not only that but the mountain areas are bleak as fuck and Uh they really whoever whoever picked those you know whoever was the person they've been sent to pick out the sets they, they did nice. Yeah. And that's A location what, like, scout is what I was trying to think.
1: Yeah. Um, it was funny because, like, it, right when they, like, after the whole murder in the liquor store thing, when the big open shots when they're just hiking throughout that giant field, mm-hmm. kept looking at it thinking, like, God, that looks so fucking good. Whoever, hmm. like, the cinematographer... Like, Wait a minute, it's just a gorgeous landscape. Any
0: answer, I could go out there and film this bullshit. Well, there were parts of it that reminded me of Fields of England. No, but but like, I mean, just like the like the outdoor, because of the way yeah. they filmed it. I was like, that kept making me think of Field in England.
1: No, I'd say a lot, a lot of the shots in this are very, very good. But the ones that I was just like astounded by at the beginning, I was like, wait a minute, that's just a beautiful landscape. <laughs> you could take a fucking Polaroid out there and it would look great. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, so something else that I wanted to talk about and we've covered it in a few other movies, but I think this movie does it very, very well, is the use of emotion in horror. Now, I...
0: <laughs> Elaborate.
1: I, I really appreciate that every moment that they use to like elicit a feeling, uh, an emotional response in this film mm-hmm. also has to do with the horror in it. Yes. And i i've been re-watching uh flanagan's uh haunting a hill house mm-hmm. and i noticed that like a lot of the uh emotional things like it's a very emotional series but mm-hmm. a lot of it like the horror is also just like ah here's a ghost yeah like it, it doesn't correlate to anything and i think that's my problem with like Ari Aster's films, too, *Hereditary* and *Midsummer*, mm-hmm. is yeah, they elicit this emotional response, but the horror has nothing to do with the emotional response that they're bringing up. Mm-hmm. And I think this
0: movie does it, tying emotion to the actual horror very well. Yes, and and actually, until you'd mentioned that, I had not really thought about it. But then I watched a few extra scenes to see see what you were talking about. And it ties in real tightly. Yes,
1: because it's not like they give you an emotional moment and then, ah, here's a kill.
0: And we also have to speak to, and this is they think they did this great in this movie too, is yes, there was gore. Yes, there was like moments of extreme horror, right? Just yes, visually. But they kept it to a minimum. They kept that dread cranked real high so that even that glimpse, or like that hand on the tree, that one scene where you just see a hand come out on the tree. Mm-hmm. That was such a simple image, but the actual feelings that it evoked, and it never felt cheap because a lot of times when they want to work an emotion into a movie, especially a horror movie, they crack you over the head with it and you feel cheap because, oh, why the fuck did I feel that? You know? Uh-huh. This one, you were just, you, you were so invested, or I was so invested watching this film that it dragged me into an emotion before I realized it did it. And then it smacked me with the horror, which, again, added to the quality of this film. Yeah, because, I mean, you watch, and like we talked about Hutch's character earlier
1: and why Mm -hmm. he's so important. And that's why losing him first is such a subversion of the narrative. Because Hutch is the one who's essentially, he sees that this group is falling apart. And he's the one who's trying to keep it together. He's trying to lead the group. He's the most vocal. and. you know, you start to get to know these characters, except for Phil. Again, I don't know why
0: they kind of left him characterless. Well, yeah, well, that was my one complaint about the other movie where they had that one character. That, oh, it was um, stakeland where the, the the one he was a vet, but they gave him like two seconds of story and killed him off.
1: Right, but I'm saying that like the emotions that you feel when Dom calls him out or calls out Luke. And he's like, you know, if you wouldn't needed a fucking bottle, then mm-hmm. none of this would have happened. And then if you'd have fucking done something, mm-hmm. maybe none of this would have happened. And it elicits an emotion, but it also pays it off because they're the two that are stuck together yep. at the end and they have to pull it together and be friends again. And then he watches his friend die.
0: Well, and again, I do. <laughs> That's know, why this movie's so fucking bleak, man. And, well, and they elicit a response before you because if you think about, okay, we all put ourselves in the position or whatever. What, what if you were the if you were um, Rafe in the back hiding? What would you have done? You know, you, I got on my own head. Well, what would I do? Well, i like, my fucking buddy's up there. I, the guy's got a bat. I got a better than average chance. I'll toss a bottle, you know. See,
1: and I know, because we talked about that before, and I was thinking about what you had said. And, again, I don't mean to make it, like, personal, but most people didn't grow up on the shitty streets of Chicago. <laughs> Fair enough. And, like... Violence is something that a lot of people will avoid at all costs, and especially these four fucking college buddies that are, you know, like got their shit together. Yeah, I
0: suppose, but I figured he was the one, that one guy that may have seen a couple fights because you know he's always drinking with the fellas. And if you've ever drink drank with English guys, there's (laughs) gonna be a fight. Oh boy! (laughs) (coughs) At least the ones I drank with. So I thought maybe he'd be okay in a fight. Bunch of fucking soccer hooligans. (laughs) Um, the ones in Spain kind of were. Yeah. Man, oh, good times, good times.
1: Yeah, not really, because most soccer hooligans are fucking fascists. But oh no, but they're, they're handy in a fight. Yeah. So are fascists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a fascist, I guess they're handy.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah.
1: All right, we're back we're not here. Back today. to the fascism task at hand. Um, I I did like the. Again, this could just be my taste bleeding through again. But after the initial murder of Rob, we see Hutch die at 52 minutes in. Mm-hmm. We wait a long time
0: and let that tension fucking build to a boiling and point. usually that bugs the living fuck out of me. But this movie, I didn't even realize it, you know, until, I, again, I looked back and said, wow, there hasn't been a death for a minute here. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's how good this movie is. My non-attention-paying ass was sucked in by this movie where they were doing fuck nothing for the longest time.
1: Yeah, they're walking through the woods and
0: arguing. But they mm-hmm. break it up with that scene when they reach the house. Mm-hmm. Or or the first elk scene, like when they first get to that first clearing.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that dressed elk. Yeah. but it, Which would have not had been as scary, except that they put that like 30 feet up instead of 10 feet up, like, you, you know, or six feet up, you put a normal elk. yeah. And then the way it was impaled, you're like, oh, that's not a hunter. I love the fact that one guy says, well, it was probably a bear or something. It got big <laughs> bears out here. I'm like, no, it's not yeah. a fucking bear.
1: <laughs> not even close. Mm-mm. That'd be fucking cool, though. Oh, yeah. If it yeah. was a like demon bear. Ooh. Oh, we should make that movie. Demon bear. Demon bear. It. It. Hunts at night. I don't know. That's a bad tagline. I'll I'll, I'll workshop it. Okay. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> well, I'll get a tight 60 pages out of it. <laughs> Demon bear, it hunts salmon in your dreams. <laughs> and you just like you just have boring dreams of a bear with red eyes catching salmon. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like watching a nature show till the end of time. Oh Jesus! That's sweet. <laughs>
0: No. No. Anyway, back to the task at hand. David
1: David Attenborough's always in my dreams. Yeah, but that's an entirely different
0: dream, Chris. Oh, yeah. He is super naked in there. Yeah. Oh, man. Is that peanut butter, David? (laughs) Shh.
1: David Attenborough's classier than that. We shouldn't do this to him. (laughs) As if we've ever
0: resisted talking about anybody. Anyway, what else do you have to say about the ritual? Oh my God! We just started. Go. Okay, I love the fact that they they stayed consistent. Like when we talked about the elk scene and they hang up thirty feet up. Um, now all the kills that are, are that happened because it, and, and I love the fact actually that the giant was shape shifting. Because when he came when he came to Dama's Gale.
1: Yeah, I, I think that more mind control. The all right. The, well, the, the powers of the. Uh, God or the giant or the demon, whatever it is, are, are very confusing. They're never established, but it can—it just got, does kind of seem like it can just do whatever it wants.
0: Well, no, actually, jotunen. some jotunen are known for uh, shape-shifting, so oh, that I've, works for me. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I read it sometimes.
1: I, I don't care about Norse mythology whatsoever. To me, it's just another religion that can
0: fuck right off. I know, but it's shit that's stuck in my head and finally I have a chance to well, use it. All right, well then, yeah, I- explain yourself. Okay. Now, yes, of course. <laughs> the actual <laughs> <laughs> just a of a loaded gun hits the table. All right, go here we ahead, go. explain it, motherfucker. How much time do you have? Now, um <laughs> that that particular uh there's a branch of Jotunheim that are known like Loki is a shapeshifter, he's the trickster, and he's she, uh, this is supposed to be the bastard spawn of Loki. So obviously it's going to have the shapeshifting abilities which Jotun are known for. Yeah. So the ability to appear as somebody else, to keep your uh, to keep your um, to keep your sacrifice at bay till you can rip its fucking head off. Mm. Which oh, I love that scene though, because instead of picking the body up by any other part, stuck two fingers or it stuck fingers in its head from that the ha- arms on it yeah. and just lifted the entire body up by the jaw and the top of the head and I'm just that oh. just hurt looking at it <laughs> and so the way gross. and the way they moved it, the practical effects were so cool because you you could see the body kind of looks look look like it was swinging uh-huh and it, that was creepy as fuck yeah oh. <laughs> but yeah it kept the kills consistent but yeah the shape-shifting is an actual known thing for those those types of giants See, because I, I didn't see a whole lot of shape-shifting. I thought it was just like mind control because
1: mm-hmm. they all had those weird dreams and everything. Right. And then, yeah, I, I could see where you would see that and it would make sense, too. And especially with, uh, oh, we forgot about that awesome scene with the where they break into the house, the first house when they're just crashing for the night cuz it was raining mm-hmm. and they wake up and fills fucking naked prey and in front of the goddamn
0: this uh... that effigy. Yes. There's, it's like a it looked like a body made out of sticks with no head and there was like red where the neck was uh-huh. and then these two elk antlers sticking up.
1: Hell yeah. Dude. Yeah,
0: that was that was sort of very Blair Witchy only good. Yeah, uh, dude, all right. I fuck you. Blair Witch is a good movie.
1: It, for what it is, no, it was it fucking
0: brilliant. Scared the living fuck out of me because I didn't know what it was when I walked in. This girl dragged me in. She's like, "We're gonna go see this movie," and I'm like, "Okay, we're gonna go see it. what the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, no, 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 no. And I
1: that was still when you could get away with being like, "This movie's real." <laughs>
0: hmm. I didn't even care if it was real or not. It was. It was. It scared the living fuck out of me. But it, yeah, it was. It was Blair Witch in that part though, because you you get this thing and it, it's so other. It's kind of like folkloric but other.
1: Yeah, they walk in and I think the first thing I say is that's witchcraft. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what that is right there. That's fucking witchcraft. That there's witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> Witches did that shit. Uh. That stinks of witchery. Sure. <laughs> what the fuck voice was that? <laughs> I don't know. But that was the voice that came out of me it at that moment. It sounded
1: like you were trying to do like Louisiana sheriff,
0: but weren't sure how to do it. Yeah, well, that's you know, about the furthest the furthest south I get is Dalton, Illinois, so it's not going to work for me. Jesus! Like the what's well, a Chicago joke, and well, three people laughed. There well, you
1: go, guys. Like the fucking sheriff from those couple of Roger Moore James okay.
0: Bond movies. Some bitch. <laughs> Look at here, boy. Look what they done did to that damn dagger, boy. <laughs> Jesus. It probably would have sound, sounded a little better had I committed. but Oh, yeah. It sounded like you tried to bail halfway through. I was. I wanted to pull back, but I was already there, and I just couldn't stop. <laughs> I just couldn't fucking stop. Uh, I hate me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little ashamed of that one. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> It's, it's going to
1: be committed to the totality of internet content forever but uh, you know
0: and when it's studied by future generations they'll be laughing
1: oh yeah they will not look kindly upon the things that we
0: have done here today but <laughs> either that or our cult will be so strong <laughs> that it will be considered the word of God uh, probably not
1: <laughs> let's I'll leave it open because maybe <laughs> but
0: probably not okay Oh, oh, man. Where were we? <laughs> well, we were just talking. Let's see. We are talking okay, about. Okay,
1: so here's the one shape thing shape. that I kind of don't like about this movie. I really tune out as soon as they like get abducted by the cultists. Like, it, And it's not even the cultists. It's just like the villagers. I don't know. I really start to tune out because it's just the, oh, yeah, they got abducted by these villagers that are going to sacrifice them. Yep. I know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that part's a little predictable,
0: but, but sure. <laughs> but they had to have somebody, if there was the idea of a god needing worshippers, they needed a cultic sect of some kind, so yeah, that had, had to be there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying Is
1: the, you can either do that, or the alternative is, oh, well, we have to kill you to satiate this god's bloodlust mm-hmm. to keep it at bay so it doesn't attack us. <laughs> well, you know, but and, instead they worship it. And that's pretty much one of two routes that you can go.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they were going with that whole Norse thing, so it had to be cultist. Except, well, we weren't going to talk about that. Never mind. Well, yeah,
1: no, but what I'm saying is just like, man, I really start to tune out. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I really like about this movie and some of the other movies that we've done, and a lot of these like newer directors like Bruckner and... Uh, uh, Oz Perkins and some of the other people is they're taking these very basic stories. Mm-hmm. It's a very basic story: four friends get lost in the woods, they get abducted and sacrificed to a god. Oh, deliverance! Yeah, I mean it's huh. n- it's n- nothing that you haven't heard before, right? Or like when we talked about uh, uh, depraved, like yeah, it's yeah. literally Frankenstein. Like that's all. Yeah. it is. I really appreciate some of these like newer directors though, taking these stories and just going like. No, I'm gonna make one, but I'm gonna make it good.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm gonna make the movie (laughs) I wanted to see. Yeah, like Stakeland. Yeah. It's zombies. Yeah, not zombies, Uh, zombie vampires, whatever. Like, yeah. The the world's overrun and there's you know little cul de sacs here and there that you can find in pockets of humanity. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a story that we've heard for hundreds and hundreds of years. But hey, we're gonna do it, but yeah, we're gonna make the movie that we wanna see. Yeah. And I really appreciate shit like that because yeah. You walk into this movie and you know what's going to happen from Jump Street. Mm -hmm. You know one of them's going to survive, maybe not if it's a real you know dark ending. Mm -hmm. But you know from Jump Street, something's going to happen. They're all going to die. It's they're lost in the woods movie.
0: Well, I don't know if it's the uh, you know the proliferation of like Shutter and Netflix and all these things. But it used to be a lot harder to get films funded. It seems like there's more funding for that because people need more content. So we're more apt to see passion projects or projects of, I want to make this movie because this is how these movies should be made. And I think I've been lucky enough to now come, I'm starting to get into movies now in a time where, you know, artists' voices are being heard because they need movies because they've got to fill up a lot of space because they got to keep subscribers happy. Which is a boon for people like me now i don 't have to watch you know the seventeenth Avengers movie
1: right, but I mean, with Bruckner doing the Nighthouse, which again was fucking awesome, like that's mm-hmm. only his second film mm-hmm. like he's done vignettes and other uh, anthologies and stuff, but that's his second like he his directed film this is yeah. his first right, and he's doing Hellraiser next, and i 'm just really worried that they're going to pull him away from doing stuff like this and then give him, like... Adam, him, Adam Wingard used to do small, cool movies, too. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. And it's... I, I don't want to sound bitter because I'm very happy for their success. Mm-hmm. Fucking, yeah, make your money, man. But, man,
0: I really hope that, that they cheddar. go...
1: I hope that they can get that money and then go back to doing kind of cool shit like this. Well, maybe,
0: maybe we're going to be lucky and he'll be one of those kind of artists that, like... There are some artists that will do... One commercial album, so they can do two bullshit albums that they want to do because you know yeah, gonna one re- for you, one for me kind yeah, of yeah, and maybe maybe we'll get lucky in a director we like, like Bruckner. Yeah, we'll make those choices. Let's 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 keep our fingers. Yeah,
1: because it's kind of like uh uh the Harry's Potter and the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, those dudes. Yeah, who like Peter Jackson. No, no. Uh, the. Uh, uh, the stars of them. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I forget their names, because yeah. uh, who yeah. cares? People. Yeah, people. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Harry Potter and the uh, Hobbit kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, the, pretty much what they do now is just, like, fund these small, oh, right. weird-ass D- movies. Daniel Radcliffe
0: and, and Elijah something. Elijah Wood,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, pretty much all they're making now is just, like, this weird, cool shit. And then they'll pop up and do some fucking big-ass name movie and mm-hmm. make their money
0: and then pop back down. Yeah. What was it, the name where um, Daniel Radcliffe had uh, guns nailed to his hand? And guns Akimbo? Oh, I want to see the movie it. fucking rules. I've not been able to find it.
1: I've, it's on Prime, I think. That's, I think that's where I watch ah. it. Well,
0: maybe next year. Yeah, dude, it fucking rules, man. Because it looked amazing. Yeah,
1: or like uh, I think Elijah Wood's production company, like they funded Mandy, oh, which was an amazing
0: film. The funny, funny thing is, uh, you, we mentioned Lord of the Rings. Andy Serkis, um, the guy who played Gallum funded this movie he he funded a lot of the money for this movie produced it hell yeah yeah so that's and and i wondered if he he also directed the new venom (laughs) well there you go but i was wondering if he did some of the practical effects just for shits and giggles i don't know come on mocap me why because i want to be a beast i can't be in a movie without being mocapped come on
1: i'm sure he can he's a handy circus he can do what he wants well yeah he he has our official seal of approval oh hell yeah he can murder anyone he wants ah yes (laughs) Mm. andy circus approved murder absolutely but yeah no i'm glad he i'm Here's glad he get out of jail free card from two dumb dicks in michigan Yeah, there you go <laughs> good luck with your defense <laughs> no i don't have any money anyway wow we have gone off on a real tangent here well that's just a traditional podcast um I, I don't, man, I have nothing but good things to say about the ritual, though. I
0: know, I'm trying to think. The only negative part is there was probably, I think this movie could probably be about 10 minutes shorter mm, than the parts where I was falling asleep. It was only asleep. an hour and 34 minutes. I know, but it would have been a tight 120, 100, yeah. or, you know, one hour, 20 minutes. Cause. Right. Like I said, the only thing that I really
1: kind of didn't like is just the predictable, yeah, they're going to get found and sacrificed by these people, for mm-hmm. this God, like, with the symbols and everything carved into the trees, I mean, obviously that's where
0: it's going. You know, well, that's you, where know you know, you know what the symbols stand for.
1: Yeah, home, sure. And the actual—I've already proven that I know nothing about home. any of this. So yeah, I'm just going to agree the, with you. The so I don't have
0: to hear about this Nordic bullshit anymore. <laughs> well, that's when you get when you ask me to have co-host. Anyway, I didn't ask. I just showed up. But anyway, the the thing meant home, and the actual beast's name was. Motor, which is mother and uh, whatever the fuck language they were in. Switzerland. Switzerland. Yes.
1: <laughs> in their native tongue, Switzerland. Bunch of fucking cowards they are. <laughs> Remain neutral during World War II. Fuck you, Switzerland. <laughs> At least they weren't surrender monkeys. Cockbags. <laughs> Ooh boy. We got through this a lot quicker than I thought we were going to. Oh, no, I got stuff if you still want to go. Yeah, well, let's go.
0: Oh, so. I am going to get more water, though. Oh, no, grab some for me, too. (laughs) Absolutely not. Go fuck yourself, then. But, uh, first of all, I've been very fascinated by practical effects in movies because I never really noticed them because it's been all CGI lately. But I noticed that I I like them more when they're actual practical. And you could see, like I said, that one scene where he had... Um Dom holding up to go hang on the tree the the way that they uh the way that they hung it. I don't know how they filmed that. I wonder if they used a dummy or what, but it was it was so real looking yeah no the
1: effects are fucking great in this movie and they're better are, than they have to be really yeah, there are a lot of them like we don't see any like deaths really on screen mm-hmm. not too many I think we, Barely see Doms.
0: Right. And he didn't die right away, so we
1: saw a beating, but not the death of the guy. Yeah. And, I mean, we don't. The only other person that we see die is the friend at the beginning.
0: Yeah. And we don't actually see him die because we see him getting beaten. (laughs) We see him getting beaten and then the second beating, but they said he died in a hospital or something on the way. I
1: don't believe so. Really? Because they don't really go back and talk
0: about him at all, except for the. Oh, it's because I it went six months later. No, it doesn't say any of that. I thought they showed they established no. it was six months when they went on that holiday again.
1: No, it's them talking about uh, the holiday thing. Uh, dude gets murdered, and Race Ball just wakes up in a tent. Mm. Because I, it was. I thought there did- was. A, I thought it said nope. six months. Not at all. How did I it get? It is some- a hard cut. Wow. Because you wanted it to say six months. Mandela to
0: make- effect, like a motherfucker, right there. Yeah.
1: No. It's a hard cut, and that's what I really liked about this, is that it doesn't give us any of that in-between backstory. It doesn't show his funeral. It doesn't show them, like, Dom having picked on Luke whatsoever, because you know this is not the first time that he's brought up that the murder was his fault.
0: Well, because the reaction phase, Dom had a great reaction face. Because as soon as... Uh, you could see him getting more pissed and more pissed as the liquor was going to him. And as soon as the other guy grabbed the thing, mm-hmm. Dom just looked like he wanted to throat punch him. I was just like, ooh, that is some good acting.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I clearly uh, Luke has... It's been said that the murder was essentially his fault, mm-hmm. obviously. And I don't know if it's ever been like said outright. But you can tell that he feels that way and that, you know... Dom is not being subtle about
0: it whatsoever. Well, and that actually that actually explains the mark, because remember when they had... We talked a little bit about um, where we find the one guy praying naked upstairs. Yeah. And then talk about all the nightmares and stuff, but also we didn't mention that um, Luke woke up with that mark. Yes. And that mark actually... Mm, um, the dots actually matched up to the rune if you looked at it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the old lady at the end has got that on her chest. Yeah, but it as looked well. like she had
0: a swastika on it. No, but it was I just tilted. I was just no. What I'm thinking though is that how much of how much of what I see in a movie is my brain filling in shit because it's not going fast enough. Quite a <laughs> bit. Yeah, so because a lot of times <laughs> I, I talk to you about movies. Yeah, I was going to say, I call, I, I, a lot of times I'm watching a completely different movie <laughs> and enjoying it just as much. And so I, I think that also might be a little bit of my bullshit is that, yeah, oh, I saw this way differently. Yeah. And
1: then we confuse the living Christ out of each other on what happened in a film. I could have sworn to God it
0: said six months later. Nope. Not wow. at all. It's
1: a hard cut to them waking up in the woods because that was what, uh, rob or whatever had suggested Mm -hmm. and they all went fuck you we're not going goddamn hiking for a boy's holiday yep for a lad's holiday yeah and that's what i mean man i was fine with dom dying Mm -hmm. he was a kind of a real piece of shit he's one of those dudes that i just don't like (laughs) yeah and we all work with like we all work with the dom too yeah he's just one of those weasley like when they're all talking about, like, what foods they could go for or whatever. And mm. Hutch says, oh, I want a big juicy steak. And Phil says sushi. And then Dama is like, Big Mac plastic tray by myself. No one to talk to. Like, man, you're just a portly, miserable piece of shit.
0: hmm <laughs> Fuck that guy. Rode up in his douche canoe. Yeah. yeah. He is a real douche. Yeah.
1: Um... I got nothing else. Okay. Except well, for
0: that this movie's really good. Oh, this movie fucking bangs, man. But, uh,
1: James. Yes?
0: <gasps> what have we got to plug? Right <sighs> now, I don't have any plugs, but I would like to give a shout out to two people. Um. Oh, God damn it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, thanks for I, listening. I, I edit these and I, <laughs> I, I give a fuck. I'm going to bleep all this out. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Morris. Yeah, Shit bags. Fucking bags. You fucking Go flip a burger, Molly. And I don't go and do whatever it is you do up there in Canada Morris. Oh, he's... Oh, yeah. No. Get fucked. (laughs) Fuck right off, you French piece of
1: shit. Fuck. You got that on the nose, too, buddy. Oh, I bet I did. His name is fucking Morris.
0: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm.
1: What a dick. Fuck you, Morris. (laughs) Fuck you, Morris. Yeah, getting madder and madder about this Morris person. (laughs) The longer we go on. Man... Morris, I. Alright, no, I don't know him. I shouldn't. (laughs) I shouldn't wish grievous bodily harm. (laughs) No. I hope you get hit by a bus. (laughs) Anyway. Um, you can find us around. We have social media stuff. I'm, uh, Got a cur- Facebook page? Yeah, I, that I'm currently banned from because I apparently <laughs> I said Ghislaine Maxwell should be hung in the Hague for her crimes against humanity, and apparently that was a bridge too far. For Facebook? Yeah. Eh. I don't really care. Fuck them. Fuck uh, Mark Zuckerberg,
0: too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not as bad as Mark Zuckerberg. Hey Morris. wait if you fuck Mark Zuckerberg does that make him a sex robot then? No uh no, no I would, mm, no I don't want to talk about Zuckerberg anymore
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna get mad. um uh we're doing other stuff
0: and as <laughs> well, soon as soon as we follow through, we'll tell you more about it yeah i I gotta do that this week. Uh, I gotta follow through. yeah oh, that's gonna suck. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a real bummer. <laughs> Following through on shit's the fucking worst. It sucks. Almost bold. as bad as Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Good night. I think we're done here. Bye, everybody, My. except Morris, you piece of shit. It